What's up, Grace Church? How are you guys doing today? Awesome. It is great to see you. If you are new here and this is your first time, my name is Aaron Olinsky. I'm the lead pastor here at Grace. And we just th- want to welcome you. I want to thank you for coming uh, to Grace and, and checking us out. A church that meets in movie theaters is a little bit different sometimes. Uh, but if you're here a little bit here a few weeks in a row, give us a chance. I think you just might fall in love with it because uh, this is the, uh, just a wonderful church of, of Christ's love and, and we're trying to do things in the community. And, and this is an incredible time of year to be able to do that. You know, people are just looking for opportunities to to love on their neighbors and encourage others and and to feel that, right? We want to feel that embrace of God's arms and and his closeness. And and so for us as a church, we want to be that and do that. And we even, we feel like we're a family. We feel like our church family uh, connecting with each other and and leading in incredible ways, leading a Christ-centered life. And I just just want to share like a a different type of message, you know, for for this time of year and and just tell you like how much I love you and I want to speak encouragement over you. and, And I just, I, I want to focus a lot on just the aspect of how much I believe in you, because uh, I, I realize that you guys allow me to, to speak into your life. Uh, you allow me some spiritual influence, uh, and so I, I want to take that opportunity to do that and do it in a powerful way, uh, because so many times uh, we speak with people during the holiday seasons, and for some of us, this is great. It's wonderful and amazing, but then there is a percentage of us that this time of year is challenging. Like, it is really, really difficult. There's just some real, true, hurtful, heartfelt pain and emotions that that we're processing through and work through. Sometimes just memories of the past or or feeling loneliness during a time when we're supposed to feel like we're connecting with family. And and I just want to share with you, like, we are here for you. We are a church that loves you and wants to encourage you. We want you to be part of us. We want you to feel like you're not alone. You're not abandoned. We are connected with us. And, And so this is a really important message. Uh, for every single one of us in this series that we're calling Family Matters, this, this is just an understanding that we believe in you, that we are here for you. And just uh, if you would allow me to do that, to, to speak over you, to speak the encouragement that many of us need, you know, in this time, because uh, you, you, you look, you're looking for that. You're kind of grasping for that at different times. And this is absolutely a time of year. And I don't take that lightly. And so what I want to do is I just want to pray that God would speak, that he would communicate, that his Holy Spirit would be here as we dive into this message. And so, Lord, we come before you. Father, thank you so much that you're amazing and powerful and strong. And so, Lord, as we talk about family and church family and, and Lord, just the role that each of us has in family, Lord, we recognize you as our heavenly Father. And so, Lord, we lift our eyes towards you. We see you. You're perfect in every way. You're so strong. Lord, you're so significant. You care about us so intimately. You know every single detail of our life. You know where we are now. You know where we're going. But Lord, you also know where we've been. And so, Father, I just pray that you would speak and you communicate through your Holy Spirit in an incredible way. In Jesus' name, amen. Today I'm going to be preaching out of Matthew chapter 1, right? It's December time, Christmas is coming up, and so we're going to be looking at several passages uh, at the beginning of the Gospels with Jesus' birth. And so I'm going to be preaching in Matthew 1, so if you have your Bible app, you can open that up on your mobile device, so the verses will be on your screen. Uh, but I, I will be talking uh, today about Joseph, right? Not, not Joseph from the book of Genesis, but Joseph, Jesus' earthly father. And, and there's not a lot about Joseph in Scripture. There's a couple of of instances where we see him and we understand who he is and what he did. And we do know that he died somewhere between when Jesus was 12 years old and 30 years old before his ministry started. But there is no doubt in my mind that Joseph, Jesus' dad, 
here on earth, was a major influencer, like a major influence on Jesus and the role that he played in his life. I mean, when we understand the magnitude of the role of father and the role that that plays, that's so important. It's such a big deal in our life. I mean, think about the things that you learned from your dad. We're dads. We know if we have kids, we know that we're supposed to teach our kids and show them things and be a role model for them and train them in certain things. We need to teach them how to be loving and to be strong and how to, make, how to have wisdom and make good decisions. And when you understand who Joseph was, Joseph taught Jesus the family trade. I mean, everybody knows Jesus was a carpenter because Joseph was. That, that's just how it worked. And so dads, like we understand, we've got to teach our kids how to change the oil, right? How to check the oil, how to change a tire, like how to treat a woman. Like that. those things are, are invaluable. They're so important. And so we understand that aspect about dad and father and, and what that looks like. And we all know that we're born into a family. But the biggest factor, maybe the most important thing that we're going to uncover in this message is my first point, and it's that we are also born of the Spirit. In Matthew chapter 1, I'm going to start in verse 18. It says, this is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother, Mary, was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. Now, when I read certain verses and passages in Scripture, there are things that just kind of pop out. And I, I read this, these couple, and I'm like, what? Like, are you kidding me? Like, whoa, 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 like, time out. How did this actually happen? And so when we read these verses, there is a ton going on. There's so much depth and understanding that we've got to dig into. So you, you have a betrothal, right? You have Mary betrothed to Joseph. You have this supernatural pregnancy that takes place. And then you have a breakup. You have an impending breakup that, that's taking place. And so thankfully, in this instance, we are aware of the supernatural aspect that took place, right? The divine encounter that Mary had where the angel shows up and, and, and calls her blessed and calls her amazing and says that you're going to become pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Like we know that. Right? We get to understand that because of Christ. And, and so now, now in that understanding, we see that Jesus is both fully human and fully divine because he is God's son. And so that makes him perfect as a savior and a sacrifice and the Messiah for us. One that we can relate to in every way and in his humanness and, and the battles that he went through and the struggles and, and one that we can worship and bow down before because of his divine nature and his holiness and righteousness because of, of God imparting that in him. <laughs> but Joseph didn't know that, right? We know that, but Joseph didn't. I mean, can't you just, can't you just hear the conversation Right uh, between Mary and Joseph, where maybe Joseph is like this, you know, loving fiance, and he he's doing the family trade, and he's working as a carpenter. Maybe built some tables or chairs that day, and he, he comes in, you know, or he sees her. They have a date, or and, and hey, honey, it's great to see you. 
Like, how are the wedding plans coming? Right? How's everything going? Did, did, did you find the photographer that, that you're hoping that we can have to record all the pictures? And the, the flowers, right? The flowers are a big deal to ladies. Did you, did you, did you find the flowers? Like, how much is it going to cost to get the flowers? Hey, I know we were, we've been talking about the bridal party. You know, your friend from out of town, she's not sure if she's going to be able to stand up with you. Is she coming? Did you hear back from her? Like, uh, those of us that are married or have been married before, like, we understand the, all the drama and emotions that can go around, you know, just a wedding ceremony. And did you get your dress fitted again? Like, how is it fitting now? Because it's a big deal. It's super important. Where did you want to go on our honeymoon? Probably not the Dead Sea, right? That's just not a great place. Like, we just don't want to go there. And then I can just imagine, like, Joseph having this conversation and asking things maybe not quite like that. but And then this long pause. And Mary just kind of saying, um, I'm pregnant. Can you just, can you imagine her like saying that out loud to her fiance? Now they, they understood like their sexual relationship and their intimacy and, and we don't know what Joseph's initial reaction was, but can't you just imagine? I mean, come on, it, it just... He maybe was angry at her. Maybe he was disappointed, going, how, how could you? Like, are you kidding? Maybe, probably, he felt a little betrayed, right? We were committed to each other, and I thought things were going so well. Like, what, what happened? I mean, those are, are certainly, and many more emotions that he was working through. And I know any time that I think about um, infidelity or you know, one person cheating on another. It just, it kind of, it, it's something that weighs heavy on me. Even when I watch shows or movies and, and, and all this drama is going on with these relationships and you kind of see how the storyline's going and, you know, maybe the couple's married and then all of a sudden she meets somebody at work or he meets somebody, you know, and, and, and they're talking and, and, and you're, and I don't know what it is, but I'll watch and I'll be like, don't do it. I'll scream at the TV. I'm like, don't do it. It's not worth it. And we can see what's unfolding. Like we can see how it's, how it's taking place. And I know some of you, you've dealt with that in life, whether the temptation to do it or actually walking out and the weight that that carries. I mean, but and when, and when we read this scripture, I mean, we know that Mary had an angelic visit, which is amazing and incredible. But God telling her that she was going to birth the Messiah and her saying that out loud to Joseph. Joseph didn't believe her. I mean, come on, as we read the scripture, I mean, it's obvious that Joseph didn't believe the whole story. (laughs) Not many of us would. I mean, come on, right? How often are we closed off to God's miraculous power because that's what's taking place and some of you battle with this even now like you're praying and believing for God's miraculous power maybe it is in regards to pregnancy you're a younger couple and you're hoping to conceive and things aren't working and you're trying and you're not pregnant yet and you're going God what's the deal come on like we just we just want to be good parents 
Maybe it's regarding a physical healing, something that you're looking for, you know, to God intervene, for God to intervene in your body or a family member, or maybe it's your finances. I know so many times in our finances, if we end up making some wrong decisions or head in a, in a track, in a trail that, that we don't, didn't necessarily want to be on, we find ourselves in this place where we're struggling financially, wondering how things are going to work during this time of year. Right? We, we feel like we've got to buy all these presents. Let me give you some, some great advice. Buying all the presents isn't as satisfying as the, the January credit card bill that comes and how disheartening that, that is. Like it, they don't balance out. Right? So we don't need all the presents to, to feel satisfied and gratified. And so maybe, just, maybe it's finances. Maybe it's breakthrough in your business. Like you're crying out to God. For, for, for him to do something. You're going, Black Friday didn't work out how, quite how we hoped. Like, how is it going to work? Like, we're talking about bottom line, end of the year numbers, Q4. What, what's it looking like in your business? And you're asking God to intervene. And we don't know how it can happen in our situation, right? But oftentimes, we throw all that out there, and we just don't expect God to show up. We know the miraculous happens, but we just aren't expecting God to do something amazing. Now, the thing that's incredible, I don't fully understand how this transaction takes place, but when we surrender our life to Christ, we receive the Spirit of God into us. Like it comes alive inside of us. However that works, I don't fully understand it, but I know something significant takes place when we're born of the Spirit. And, and I know when somebody was asking Jesus about that, and he was explaining what takes place, we find this in John chapter 3, verse 6. Jesus replied, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the Spirit. Humans can reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. And so in talking about the miraculous power that we long for and desire, but sometimes we don't expect, I want to tell you, like, it's available, right? The holy, miraculous power of God, the supernatural, is available to us. But so often, we're the ones that are lacking the faith to trust and believe that it's actually going to happen. Last month, uh, I got the opportunity to... uh, lead a part to be on the prayer team for the freedom retreat. Uh, Nicole and I led a freedom connection group this past semester. It's one of the things that we love here at Grace Church, and we'll be launching them again, you know, this coming spring. If you have never been in a freedom group, we want 100% of the people that, that call Grace Church their home to be in a freedom group. And so at the end of the freedom group, there's always a retreat, uh, which is great. It's amazing. I've been to several of them. And so it just, it's, it's kind of the culmination of a whole semester, and it's something you've got to go to, you've got to experience. And so I got to be on the prayer team for the prayer retreat, which is great. And so during one of the prayer times in one of the sessions, a man came forward and he had a shriveled hand, right? He had a shriveled hand and it was kind of, kind of in, in close to his body. And he was coming in with a little bit of a limp. Now, when you're standing at the front, you're standing at the altar at the stage and somebody's coming up, Right, they're walking towards you, like, and, and he, you know how somebody you can tell they're just walking straight towards you, and you you can you, there's no dodging, like there's you know, and so this man, it, it was apparent he either had been born that way or had a stroke and, and had lost mobility on his one side, so as he's walking forward straight towards me, um, I have the conversation in my head that I've had several times. 
This man's obviously coming forward. And he obviously needs a miraculous touch, supernatural, something that I can't do, I can't conjure up. The only way that, that this man could be healed is if God showed up in an amazing way. And the, the conversation I'm having in my head is, am I going to pray for this man for that this time? Or am I not going to do it like I had before? Because there are times when all of a, you know, God stirs up enough faith in me where I can believe for something like that. But there's other times when fear just kind of grips me and the insecurity sets in. And I'm like, ooh, I don't know if I can do it this time. And so as he came forward, I kind of kind of psych myself up sometimes, and I know we all do that, you know, before a big presentation at work or whatever, like, we, I'm, I, I'm like, all right, I can do it, I can do it. So I, I muster up all that faith, you know, in, inside of me, and I ask him, I say, would you be willing to agree with me in faith and believe for a miracle? And so I extended my faith, and he said, yeah. He goes, yeah, absolutely, that would be great. And so I did something like that you know how sometimes God has us step out beyond like our comfort zone? We know we're supposed to pray, but then we know we're supposed to go even a little bit farther. So I, in an effort of, of not making it ultra awkward, I told him, I said, I, just, I feel like I just kind of want to like hold your hand. And so his hand was clenched in really tight. So what I did is I took my hand and I literally pried his hand open. And I was prying it in and I was squeezing in there. And you can understand if you're doing that, it's a little bit awkward. And I was feeling that and he was feeling that, but I, I just felt the importance of to extend my faith and believe with him. Because there were so many times when I've had these opportunities that I didn't. So many. And I prayed with him and we believed. And as far as I know, up to this day, he did not receive a miraculous healing at that time. But if I didn't, then certainly nothing would happen. One of the quotes that we're fully aware of, if we do nothing, then nothing always happens. Right? That's the reality. And so Joseph is aware that his fiance is pregnant. And the thing that's amazing, right, as hard as that was for him, extremely difficult, his character shines through. And we get this glimpse of who he is as a man because he's a good man. He's a loving man. He loved God. I mean, he obviously loved God because God picked not only Mary, but Joseph to be part of the whole scenario with Jesus coming. And I absolutely believe that he loved Mary. But according to the Old Testament law, Mary would have to be killed because she was pregnant out of wedlock, or at the very least, she would be ostracized from the community. She would be pushed out, right, because of what has transpired. But Joseph, he wanted to be discreet about it, where he was, you know, willing to say, gosh, I don't know if I could follow through with this. It's so hard and so difficult, but I love you so much, I'll give you a chance. I'll just be discreet about it. We'll just kind of slip through. And, and I just feel like there's times when God wants to reveal his supernatural power, and we miss it. We miss it. And Joseph is the same in this instance. And I absolutely believe that, that he needed to be redirected. And we find that as the second point, and, and it continues in verse 20. Joseph's redirection. So as he considered this, breaking up with Mary, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Now, 
Like, praise God, right? And when I read these verses, I'm going, yes! Like, thank you, God, so much for who you are. Not only allowing Joseph to, to be a part of this, but allowing your son to come as our Savior. Thank you, God, so much for sending him, because we need him. Like, we need him desperately, and God loves us so much that he did that. And so I'm just thankful so much that God, he will lead us and guide us. And so when Joseph was going to make a decision that was contrary to what God had, had directed for him, God redirects. And man, he absolutely does the same thing for you and I. Now, we might not have an angel that appears in our dream, or we may, I don't know, but, but there are times when he absolutely reveals his will to us. There's times when we're trying to make something happen but nothing seems to be working, right? There's times in our life when we, we really think this is what's right, and we're supposed to go this way, and we're supposed to head in, the, in this direction, but nothing's working. It's like we're hitting all these brick walls. And I was sitting in, in our connection group. I was sharing about what was, what was going on uh, you know, in life, and, and, and you know, it just is amazing. Sometimes when you're sitting with somebody, they'll be the ones that speak into your life, and, and they give you some advice, that's what's amazing about connection groups and relationships. So I, I, I feel like at, when we're heading in a d- direction and then there's a brick wall, we have to be open to the fact that God might be putting a stop to what we thought was right, but it's actually not him, and he was redirecting us in a different way. And there's other times when we're heading in a certain direction, we're talking it out with somebody, and God uses them as somebody that can help steer us in a direction that we need, that we weren't aware of. Oh my gosh, I didn't even think of that before. Thank you so much for saying that or sharing that part of your story. It happens to all of us when we're heading in a direction and God will redirect us. And here's why. It's because every single one of us, we have a future and a purpose and a calling. And that's the third thing that I want to share with you. And this is absolutely true about Joseph and Jesus and Mary. And so... All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through the prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Now, I absolutely believe that God, in that dream, through the angel, yes, redirects Joseph. But Joseph probably was exposed through the Holy Spirit to those verses, because they're found in Isaiah. And so I just see God kind of lining this up for Joseph, just so he's kind of certain, very confident in what's going. Not only is the angelic visit probably enough, but also God showing Joseph in the passage of Scripture, saying, this is my Messiah. This is how it's to be. Like, God is with us, right? God comes to be with us. And and so Jesus comes, and, and yes, he dies and rises again, and that's amazing and powerful. But God gives us the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's what we need today, because we have a future. We have a purpose. God maybe even has something for you that you can't do on your own, a purpose beyond yourself, where you're looking to your own human nature and, and only willpower, and it's too big, and it's daunting to you. What an exciting place to be. And so as you look out at that and you see the vision and you see the dream and you see the hope of what just might be, please know that he believes in you. He's the one that put that inside of you. And he wants to do something amazing because he believes in you. Do you know what it's like to feel believed in? 
You know what it's like when somebody believes in you where, where you're looking at yourself and you're going, I just don't know if I can, but I'll take your word for it and I'll try. Maybe you were believed in before. I know I was. Uh, gosh, I, I can think back years ago when I was you know, in college and studying theology and I had to do my internship. It was my older brother believed in me. He was a pastor at the time and I needed to do an internship at a church. And he's like, come do your internship with me. Like, how cool is that to be able to get to do that with your older brother? And so he believed in me and what was going on. I had somebody believe in me to, to, to give me an opportunity in youth ministry. Like, you know how it is, like, you got to get your first job. You got, you know, working in a church, get, oh, being, having an opportunity in a church to do youth ministry. Amazing. But somebody believed in me and saw something. Uh, Pastor Jeff Henderson up in Jacksonville, he saw something in me and said, hey, let's go start a church together and, and brought me alongside and I got to learn amazing things. Then he believed in me so much that he said, hey, why don't you go plant your own church back in Melbourne? Like he believed in me and Nicole and our calling and, and then Eric and Darlene Parton, uh, who are our ARC sponsors and, and it, Eric is currently one of my overseers. So many times they'll send us a text and be like, I believe in you. And I, it's only a couple words, but man, it feels so good to see, to know that somebody believed in me. And I just, even now, like I, I look at our church and who we are and what we're doing and where we're headed. And I can remember a couple of years ago when we were considering buying the land on Minton and, and so many people going, wow, that's a great spot. It's a big deal. That's amazing. But you can do it. Like, I absolutely see that God can do something amazing in you and your church and the calling. And, and so many people were encouraging. You know, and, and I don't know, you know, some of you have been around for a while when we purchased the land. Some of you are newer to our church. But, you know, when you talk about building a building and, and, and taking on that project and, and the millions of dollars and raising the money, and it, it's a huge challenge. It's, it's a big thing to experience. It's, it's really expensive. But when God is doing it, you, be, you begin to move in that direction. And so we've taken steps forward over the, the last several years, and, and we're moving forward. And, and, and i got to be honest, it's a little bit slower than what I thought, but there is no doubt that our trust has continued to grow and expand and, and in the process, right? Sometimes, it's, sometimes God shows up miraculously and does something incredible, but sometimes it's in the process that we learn and we grow the most. And I, I just, like, I don't have a major update for the land and the building, but I do want to say, like, we are this close. Like, it, we are that close. And I'm, I, like, I pray, and I, and I hope that you do too. Every time you drive by Minton and drive by the land, like, if you could just kind of stick your hand out and be like, God, you know, God, come on. Like, where is it at? You, it's, all those trees are going to fall down, and it's going to be amazing. And, and so we're taking steps of faith and believing, and I just want to encourage you with that. You needed to hear that. Some of you needed that desperately. And if nobody's ever told you, I want to tell you right now, I believe in you. You might not be so sure, but I want to tell you that I believe in you. I see who you are. I see what you've done. And certainly the Lord does as well. And he has just incredible ways that he wants to use you. You ever think about that? You ever ask a daring question to God and say, God, how do you want to use me next? I dare you 
to ask a question like that of the Lord or begin praying uh, and, and preparing yourself for, for what just might become and, and the next step that God has for you. And so one of the things that we do here at Grace Church, and we've done it the last several years, is we do 21 days of prayer and fasting. And, and I want to share that with you because that's coming up in just a few weeks. We're going to start at January 5th, and it's going to go through the 26th. We do 21 days. And so here we are, right, in the, in the middle of December, and, and, and we're thinking about the holidays and Christmas, and that's great and amazing. But some of us, you know, we're also looking at 2020. You know, we're, we're projecting goals. We're looking at the future. And so I just want to share with you, maybe just maybe God has put something in your heart, and, and you're going to need that time of preparation. And so we as a church, we, we do corporate fasting for 21 days where we cry out to God for amazing things in amazing ways. And so I just want, to, I want you to begin preparing now, right, to give you several weeks. Think about how you may fast and how, you know, maybe if you were here last year, what fast did you do? And maybe you, you take a step farther. I know that's one of the things that, that I kind of function as. I'm like, God, what, what do you want? How did you want me to fast this time? How long? Like, how extensive? How deep? Like, and, and so I just want to encourage you with that because just the same way that I was believed in, and God has done amazing things in my life and through me, and that's incredible. I want you to know that you're believed in, and he wants to use you in the unique way that he's designed you. And that's wonderful for us to feel, right? And some of us, we've felt that before, and we feel believed in, and you do, which I love that confidence about so many of you. And so the question that I would ask and follow up of that is then, who are you believing in? Because God didn't give you all of this just for you. Who then do you need to look in their eyes? Take them out to coffee. Go to lunch. Sit across from the breakfast table. And say, I believe in you. Who is it that you're believing in? Because all of us, we're here because of somebody. Isn't that true? We're here, like in life, in, in church, we're here because of somebody. And so the fourth thing that I want to share with you, the final point for this message, is that there is an aspect of faith in action. So in, it continues in, in verse 24. When Joseph woke up from his angelic dream, he did, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded, and he took Mary as his wife. But he did not have sexual relations with her until her son was born, and Joseph named him Jesus. So there are times when we need God to show us what to do, right? Absolutely, no doubt, where he puts blocks up where we can't go through. He uses somebody else to, to show us the pathway that we're supposed to go. But just because we know what we're supposed to do does not mean that we actually do it. There's so much truth in that. There is faith in action. Like just because we know what's right and I got to tell you something. I feel that most of the time we know. Like we know. We know what we're supposed to do. We know what's right. But we're going, oh, I don't know if I can. Oh, that's so hard. I don't know if I want to. But I just, there's something about it. I just think most of the time we, we know. But choosing it is a matter of will and determination and sometimes spiritually overcoming. That no doubt that we've got to experience the, the power of the Holy Spirit in our life. 
And maybe the thing that you need to grab a hold of the most this morning is the fact that sacrifice almost always accompanies obedience. There is almost always some type of sacrifice. What sacrifices have you had to make in your life? And for for many of us, the list is long. Areas in our life where we've had to sacrifice, push push our own desires aside or or our own ambition aside in order to see somebody else grow and achieve or, or to accomplish that goal. You know, whether it's in work or business or maybe one of your friends. Maybe you had to cut some friends out. Maybe that was one of the sacrifices that you had to make. You realize how how some of the friends were influencing you every time you were around them, and they had to kind of go because of the direction you were headed and the choices that you were making. But the benefits always outweigh the sacrifices. When we get to that place, when we see what God has done and how amazing it is, and so you need to know how much I believe in you and who you are and, and how God looks down and how he sees you and He's just so proud of you and who you are. And I know just for the fact that, that there may be some of you that are here um, that you don't feel that. Like you, you don't feel it and you need it. You're like desperate for it. And so this is the time, you know, when, when we do cry out to the Lord and, and have just the, an incredible spiritual interaction with him because you're in the right place. Like if you are looking to have a divine encounter with God, you're in the right place. Like everything is set up for this moment where we can come before him and he speaks to us and shows us things and his, his word just comes alive and the spirit just empowers us. And so I want to pray for some of you that need that. Like you're at a point of desperation and you know it. It's just a reality. But before I pray for you, I do want to take this moment and say that there might be some of you that you, you haven't taken the first step, where the first step is simply declaring how much you need Jesus, right? As we read about Joseph and, and him and Mary and Jesus's birth, and that's all great and amazing. But if you haven't come to the place where you have surrendered your life over to Christ, to understand that he is the Messiah, the Savior of the world, but you haven't taken him on as your Savior, then all of this is kind of moot. Like, you need Jesus as the number one person in your life. And it's very clear in Scripture how we can come before God and just tell God that that we need him and we're desperate for him, that we put our faith and believe that Jesus is God's Son. And this is just an incredible time of the year to have that unveiled to us, isn't it? Because everything right now is about Christmas. Everything, the trees, the stockings, the presents, the family, it's all because of Christ. But some of you need to take that step and put your faith in him. Or maybe you had faith before, but right now your faith isn't where it needs to be and you know it. And you need to get redirected in your faith and and entrust your life over to Christ once again. So if you guys here in the auditorium, if you'd be willing to bow your head and close your eyes and just have this quiet, silent moment with the Lord as, as you think about Him believing in you or maybe you not believing in yourself or maybe who it is that God is putting on your heart right now that you need to believe in. But I did want to take this moment for some of you that you don't yet believe in Christ and you know that you need to. 
I've asked everybody's like eyes to be closed and heads to be bowed just to have, you know, kind of some, some, an intimate moment between you and God. But there has to be just this aspect where you take a step of faith out and put your faith in Christ. And so what I would ask is if that's you, where you know you need to believe in Jesus and make him your personal Lord and Savior, I would just ask that you go ahead and slip your hand up right now. Just go ahead and slip it up just to say, yeah, you know, that's me. That absolutely is me. Just go ahead. and Nobody's looking around. It's, it's not about you being embarrassed. This is about an interaction between you and God. And this is divine and amazing. Yeah, thank you so much. I see your hands. Yeah, anybody else where you can have this connection with the Lord? And I know several of you, you put your hands up. And so what I want to do is I just, I want to pray a prayer. And if you could just pray along with me. You know, maybe you repeat the prayer after me, but God is looking at your heart right now and, and your intent and, and who you are. And so maybe you pray something along with me and it sounds like this. Maybe you say, dear God, I know I need you. I'm desperate for you in my life. Jesus, I know that you were born to Mary and Joseph, but I also know that you are God's son. You are divine. You are my savior. So would you come right now in my life and make me new again? That I might be born of the spirit like it talks about in your scripture. And right now, I just absolutely believe that you're number one. And I turn my life over to you. I surrender all that I am, all that I have, everything. I lay it before you in worship, in adoration. Would you please forgive me for all the things that I've ever done in my past? But I am so excited about what the future holds. Would you help me to pursue after you? And Father, right now, I also want to pray for so many of us uh, that this time of year and this season, Lord, there just is some, some sadness and some sorrow. Lord, I know there might be some of us where we feel alone. We feel alone and we feel lonely. And so, Lord, right now, I just pray that your Holy Spirit would just saturate us with your presence, where we would have this undeniable experience with you. Thank you so much for church family. Thank you so much that you come alive inside of us through other people, Lord. That's amazing. And so, God, as we feel that way, Lord, would you just cause those thoughts and those emotions that are not of you to be pushed aside where the enemy's trying to creep in. Lord, right now, we just stand up and recognize what well, he's, he's lying and, and he's trying to deceive us. He's trying to make us feel things that are not of you. And so, Lord, we push those aside, but we put our faith and hope and trust in believing in you. And Lord, we thank you so much for your belief in us. You're so proud of us. You love us so much. And so, God, we just kind of, we kind of raise our hands towards you. We just reach out towards you out of desperation and need and desire and longing. God, would you show up in an amazing way? We love you and praise you. In Jesus' name.